You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. Don't forget to share and notify. Come on, let's get ready to get started, to get into this word that God has for us this evening. Go to Luke 19. Go to Luke 19 and let's get started in chapter 19 and in verse 28, where it says, after Jesus, <coughs> after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Verse 29, and as he approached Bethphage, and that would be the house of unripe figs, and as he approached Bethany, that would be the house of affliction. This is the Hebrew meaning for those names. At the hill called Mount of Olives, um, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you as you enter into it, you will find a cult tied there, which no one has ever written. And he tells them if anyone, he wants them to untie it and bring it to him. And he says, if anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord has need of it. Verse 32 says, those who were sent ahead, they uh, went and found it just as he told them, just as he told them. Verse 33, and as they were untying the cult, again, just as he told them, its owners asked them, why are you untying the cult? They replied, because the Lord needs it. Note here that Jesus never takes anything without permission. He gave them the reason why he needed it. They said the same reason to the owner. Now, let me back up a little bit to verse 30, where it says, go to the village. We want to understand that a village, that's a village in its proper um, meaning is a portion of space that's marked off. Come on, stay with me and pay attention because as usual, I'm going somewhere. The village is a space that's properly marked off. It's marked off from surrounding space. It's used of. It's as, as an inhabited place, like as a city. And he sent them to this place from his place. Remember, he's in Bethphage. So he's in that place of unripe figs. He's in that place, that house of affliction. And he is at the Mount of Olives. He is at the Mount of Olives. So he sends the disciples to go get the cult from a person. He tells them to go untie it. And if, and if they ask why you're taking it, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. They could have declined, but they went, they, they, they acquiesced. They agreed. The Lord has need of it. And they gave up their call. Verse 35 says they bought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. 
Verse 36 says, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And see, spreading their cloaks on the road that represented a person removing their outer layers in acknowledgement or in declaration that Jesus is Lord. But not everyone did this. Matthew says that some, they cut and spread branches from trees in acknowledgement of Jesus' arrival. Bible. It was the way, the, them doing this, it was the way in which conquerors and princes were often honored when they entered a certain region. So verse 37 says, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, and remember now this Mount of Olives, this is a place that is a fulfillment of an anti-type of oil in the scripture. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. So they were throwing down the, their coats, they were their outer garments, they were throwing them down. It represents throwing down the outer layers of oneself. They threw those down. Some did that. Some threw branches and twigs, twigs but they were honoring the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were honoring the presence of a conqueror. This is what they were doing. Verse 38 says, they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, get this. While there, uh, while some are welcoming Jesus Christ into their territory, while some are removing the outer layers, the things that they use to protect, protect themselves from the elements, while they were removing those things and laying them down at the feet of the cult that Jesus was riding on, while others that didn't have the, the outer garment to lay down or didn't have anything to lay down, they went and got branches and twigs, something to represent something to represent them casting all that they thought aside and laying it before Christ as he entered their city. They welcomed him. There were those there were those that told Jesus, rebuke them, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said that if if they keep quiet, verse 40, the stones are going to cry out in their place. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it. And here's our key verse and said, if you, even you hadn't only known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. What are we talking about today? What will bring you peace? We're asking the question, what will bring you peace? Let me pause there for a moment. Why did I pick this topic today? Go to uh, any social media outlet 
Everyone is posting here and there, left and right. Oh, get rid of this one. Get rid of that one. If you, if you're, and you'll get your peace back because I don't need disruptive things in my peace, in my, in my, in my space. I don't need disruptive people in my space. I don't need disruptive things in my space. I only need those things that will bring me peace. I only need those things that bring a about a calm. I only need those things or those people that that perhaps aren't argumentative or perhaps aren't going going in a different direction than I am. No matter the fact that they're going in the direction of Christ possibly, but they're going in a different direction than I am. So I need to let that go because then I'll have peace. Now there's a lot being said there when folks are dismissing things and dismissing people for the sake of holding on to their peace. There's a phrase that I often say in my home and to those that know me that there are times when people can say something that tells you everything you need to know. It tells you their level of understanding. It could tell you the current state of their life. It could even tell you how they perceive the current state of their lives because there is a there's a there's a, something here that's telling me that maybe it's possible that we're not understanding exactly what peace is or who peace is. See, because when we look at this word to, on tonight over here in Luke 19, God says, Jesus says, as he's traveling on the call and the Pharisees are like, shut them down. They're giving you praise. They're giving you glory and honor for the miracles that you have performed for that, which they know that you have done. They're honoring you. They're honoring you. They're taking off that, which is, which they have used to protect them from the elements of the world. And they're laying it down before you. Stop them. Stop them. And what does Jesus say to that as he wept over them? He said, if you only knew, had you only known that on this day, what would bring you peace? He's telling them, I am peace. You want them to stop worshiping me. You want them to stop praising me. You want them to stop putting aside the garments that protect them from the elements and, and welcome me instead. You want them to stop that. But I am their peace. I am peace. But he's telling them, but because you don't recognize it, it is hidden from your eyes. So let's be clear on what peace is. Peace is in accordance with quietness and rest. The NAS exhaustive concordance says that it represents a wholeness. It's when all essential parts are joined together. It's God's gift of wholeness. Thayer's Greek lexicon says it's a state of national tranquility. Everything in me Everything in me is tranquil, exemption. They're from rage and havoc and war. There is no rage. There is no war on the inside of me. It's where harmony prevails. There's security. There is safety. There is 
prosperity. Some of you may recall this scripture in 2 Peter 1 and 3 in the King James Version where it says, according as his divine power has given us all us given unto us all things that pertain unto life, godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. The Amplified Version says it like this. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his glory, by his own glory and excellence. Two things that these two different versions, one thing that these two versions have in common is that through the knowledge of him, there is a lot, there are, I should say, a lot of us who um, we presume to have a relationship with the Lord, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but we don't always understand everything that is a part of that relationship. And so because we neglect to accept a certain part that comes with that relationship, it becomes hidden to us. So we don't even see it because we do refuse to accept all of it. They said here in the scriptures that folks laid down their outer, outer layers. The outer layers represent protection from the world's ex, from external things coming in and disrupting us, uh, hurting us. If it's rain, how about this? Give you this example. If it's rain, we, we don't get wet. If it's, if it's snow, we're not cold. So that outer layer is what is protecting us from the external forces. They took this, look at this spiritually, and they laid it down before him. They took off what was protecting them from what was in the world and they laid it down from what was in the atmosphere, from what was in the air, and they laid it down so that Christ could, could come in on it. So they, so we as men and women of God, we lay down that which protects us from the external forces of the world, what's in the air of this world. We lay that down. And Christ walks in. He, he comes in on that. Our peace comes in on that. So, so we can't, we can't quite say if we're in God that we must dismiss certain persons or certain things for the sake of our peace. Instead, what we do is we lay that, 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 that which protect us, protects us from those things in the world, we lay that down before God. We lay that down before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he becomes what protects us from external forces, from, from, from what that the enemy might send through the air to try and captivate us and act out through people. Now, listen, I'm not discounting the fact that there are, you know, 
personality differences and some folk we just can't see eye to eye on. I'm not discounting the fact that there are situations and circumstances that might aggravate us and frustrate us to no end. But what I'm saying to you is when you exercise that part of the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is your peace, is your peace. You can watch that thing happen and just let it happen. And it doesn't bother you. It doesn't disrupt your peace because now the peace of God, the peace that is Jesus Christ is that cloak that's on you. It's that covering that's on you so that no matter what is happening around you, it could never touch your peace. It could never disturb your peace. It could never disturb that which is on you and in you and of you, which would be the Lord Jesus Christ. So I have no need to personally walk around dismissing people and dismissing things. I stay and I can do what God tells me to do in a situation and circumstance. And if I'm walking away from it, then that thing no longer is a part of uh, God's plan for my life. I'm not walking away because it's disturbing my peace because you can't interrupt what I'm wearing, what I'm clothing, which is the mind of Christ. You can't interrupt what is protecting my heart, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't interrupt what's protecting my mind, what's shielding my mind against the fiery darts that the enemy is sending possibly through you because I am protected by the Lord Jesus Christ. So how is it that we can say that we are 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 without peace, or even um um even even attempt to indicate that we may possibly be without peace if we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of us that lay claim to him and know him know that he sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born of a virgin. He lived, he died, and he was resurrected on the third day. And he's sitting at the right hand of the father so that we can have eternal life. So how can we say that we don't have peace when the Lord Jesus Christ himself is interceding on our behalf to ensure that we are indeed secured? It's not possible. It's not possible. This is what Luke 19.42 says. It says, even if, even if you, even you had known, had known had known. Do we know that today that the Lord Jesus Christ is our peace? Do we know that? Or are we running away from things that are meant to mature us in Christ because it disturbs us, because it annoys us? because it gets under our skin, because we have personality differences? Are we running away from things claiming that it's destroying our peace or interrupting our peace, which is impossible if we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we running away from things that are meant to mature us and cause us to become one 
with that peace, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things that are supposed to drive us, supposed to drive us to be one with the Lord Jesus Christ, one with the gift of peace that God gave us, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we running away from that which was much supposed to supposed to actually draw us near and closer to our peace. See, verse 31 to 34 show us in uh, this chapter that Jesus doesn't do anything unless he has permission. So let's say that we've given permission, that permission to him. Are we laying down that outer layer that, you know, that thing that who we think we are to welcome him as our peace, as our sustainer, to acknowledge him, our peace for all that he's already done. Are we in the relationship only for what he's already done or for what he is doing? for what he continues to do, not just what we see on the outside people, but that which he is doing in us internally, internally. See, we, we have to welcome him as our peace. He's not going to intrude on us. He's not, listen, it's no different. Um, ladies that are single, if you're in a relationship, uh, men, if you're in a relationship with that female, you can only, that relationship can only become something that's solidified that leads to marriage. If you are willing to be open with one another and understand the difference in your personalities, the differences, and let's see how you keep house, the differences, and let's see your employment, how you work. One might be an entrepreneur, one might be corporate America, understand how each other, you have to be willing to let them totally know you. And you tend to be willing to do that if you love them. So if we're saying that we do not have our peace, then we're saying that we don't know that he is our peace. Then we're saying that we're not in a relationship with him at that to that level and to that degree. And thus we're saying that we don't actually know him. We don't actually know him. See, because Jesus Christ as my peace, he's going to provide quietness. There's going to be rest. There's going to be wholeness. There's a joining together. There's an exemption from rage, havoc of war. He gives me harmony. He gives me security. He gives me safety. He gives me prosperity. Uh, But only if I know this. Only if I know this, I can't go ask my husband for money that I don't know he has. I can ask, but I don't know. I don't know, which means I don't even know what to expect. So how am I in a relationship when I have no expectations of what the benefits of the relationship are. And I don't know how to put a demand on those benefits because I don't even know that they exist. See, a lot of times we are for we are uh we are laying claim to um worldly um quotes unquote worldly um sayings, not fully understanding what we are saying and what we are inviting into our heart and into our lives. 
So you're 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 posting and you're saying, you know, I can't do this and that because it messes with my peace. And Jesus is looking like, what? I thought I was your peace. Nothing's touching me. Nothing's messing with me. So what are you talking about? See, uh, I cannot be, as verse 30 says, a village, a space marked off from surrounding space, an inhibited place as a city. You know, he, Jesus Christ, can't get what he needs from me. And I can't get what I need from him if I will not allow him to inhabit me, to enter me. How about this? To untie me. See, untie there, when they unfastened the cult, that, represent, that represented removing all restrictions, removing all restrictions, just bringing it all to Jesus. We today tend to have restrictions. We want Jesus to come this far, but we don't want him to come that far. We want him here, but we don't want him there. We want him in this relationship, but we don't want him to touch that relationship. See, we want we want us and him. We want us and him. And what God is requiring or saying to us today, I want to remove the restriction. And for that to happen, I need you to remove it. I want the restriction gone. I want to wholly present myself to you. I want to wholly engulf you with who I am, with no restriction. But we are sometimes a tad bit fearful, scared, nervous of what we don't know. When if we studied the word of God, we would understand that Jesus died to so that we not only would have uh would have the ability to be free from sin, but so that we can have a relationship with him. See, most of us don't want to fully commit to relationship with him. You know, I, I'm not saying that, um, you know, in this world, God made us each individuals. We all are different. And sometimes in relationships, we want certain relationships to work and be effective. And they're just not. The differences make it too hard to work together. But there's still even a lesson in that to even be able to work with a difficult personality. There's still a lesson in that. And most of the time, the lesson is simply drop your pride and your arrogance and just listen to what the other person is trying to say and understand how you can best assist them. Sometimes you best assist them by not. Sometimes you best assist by not assisting. You, It's all right to pray for a person from afar, but sometimes you don't need to be in their face. But that doesn't mean that we got to throw everybody away just because we can't walk uh lock and step with them doesn't mean we have to throw them away. It just means that God is not requiring of them to be a part of the plan that he has for your life. Maybe there's a lesson you learn and walking with someone like that from a distance, but they don't have to walk lock and step because they're not a part of that specific plan that God has for your life. I am here today to tell some and to remind others that the Lord Jesus Christ is your peace. Repentance now, repentance now is required for surrendering your peace. 
surrendering the Lord Jesus Christ, surrendering your relation with him for the sake of having someone to blame for the decisions that you've made. See, a lot of times we are walking away from people that never were meant to be a part of our lives. And we're mad at them because they couldn't fit into the, their round self couldn't fit into the square peg that we provided. So we're mad at them. And all of a sudden, every year, we got to dismiss several people out of our lives. All of a sudden, every year, we have to dismiss certain things out of our lives. But we made those decisions. We made those decisions. Instead, let's look at the lesson we can learn from that and let's move on. But we don't have to label it as uh, our peace was at stake because Jesus was never at stake. He promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. But we have a hard time making that same promise to him. We've all done it. We've all done it. And if we're going to move past it, now we must make the choice to realign our will with the will of Jesus Christ. We must make a genuine, concentrated effort to understand all that a relationship with him entails. You're responsible for what I'm saying to you. If you're under the sound of my voice, you must make, I'm back to the same thing, a decision. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. If we are going to perform the will of God in our lives, we have to sacrifice our will for his. We might not know all, but we know that we need to make better choices for our lives. We got to stop making excuses for the poor decisions that we make. Don't you know that God knew you were going to make the decision that you made? And he promised us that all things will work together for our good. So we don't have to hide it. We don't have to lie about it. We don't have to make an excuse for it. All we have to do is repent on it and realign. That's all we have to do. We make things seem harder than they have to be. We got to find somebody to blame. And then we got to post two paragraphs about how they hurt us. And then there's the church hurt. And that bishop hurt me. And that deacon hurt me. And that all they were trying to do was tell you to realign your life with Christ. They were trying to tell you you are going the wrong way. And for that reason, you have thrown everything that was meant for your maturity and your growth away. But don't worry, no worries. It'll come back around again because God's a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Chances. There's always going to be a chance. And uh, we want to continue that. We want to understand that we cannot continue to do what we want to do as we want to do. See, proclaim in ignorance is going to no longer be acceptable. So we can't not tap into that part of the Lord Jesus Christ and claim we didn't know. Because I just told you. So you can drop if you want to. I already told you. I already told you. And you're responsible for it. See, because God winked before, but he's not winking no more. Now he's requiring all of us because he wants to bless us, because he wants to use us to bless other people. But that requires all of us. And that goes for everything. No more. We can no more allow folks to bully or manipulate us even into their choices. 
Okay, so we can't do that either. Everything is not for you or in God's plan for you. No, I'm sorry, you're not the fourth head, but a part of the body of the body of, of the body of Christ. You're not. You're, you're just not. You must know. Listen, when it comes to these relationships that we have in the earth realm, we must understand and consider when a plumb line is needed and when that thing should be deployed. And when we're talking about a relationship with Christ, there is going to come times where we have to we have to throw that plumb line out there. And what it is is let me let me be clear. We understand that a plumb line is also called a plummet. It's like a cord, a non-magnetic weight attached at one end. Depending on how the cord is held, the weight can dangle freely and it determines the vertical. It determines the vertical. Today, we see that with in the natural with painters and carpenters. They use that to keep their work straight since it can be difficult if you're in the middle of a project, hear me, in the middle of something to determine the true horizontal or vertical line. When I saw that, I was like, my God, because it's hard. You have to deploy the plumb line at the start. Because if you try to deploy it in the middle of the project, in the middle of your work, it becomes hard to determine the true horizontal or vertical line without an objective measuring tool. One thing to note, a plumb line, it applies to the law of gravity. It helps to find the right angle. It indicates the best route from top to bottom, and it keeps things aligned. It doesn't change or move with whims. It doesn't change or move with the whims of the carpenter or the builder or the user just because he's using it. It remains true and all work has to line up to it or it risks being crooked. So when you deploy this plumb line to understand that I will not cross over, I will be aligned to proper relationship with Christ, you understand that you will, that it, that this plumb line is always going to tell you what is true horizontally and vertically. It is an objective measuring tool. You understand that it applies to the law of gravity, everything over your head. It, it shows you the most direct route from top to bottom. It's going to help you be true to the relationship you are in Christ and with Christ from top to bottom. Nothing is going to be missing. And guess what? When you deploy this, this plumb line, it, it remains true. It's always going to be true. It's not going to move based on your whims. It's not going to move based on your indecision. It's not going to move based on your desires or what you feel like you need. You're going to know, no, God said left and I must go left. I don't care if right looks better. I must go left or I risk as the carpenter does, I risk being crooked. I risk not properly aligning. The term plumb line is used in the scripture in several contexts. The Lord, he calls himself 
a plumb line as a, in the uh, as a builder in Isaiah 28, when he says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. And in Isaiah 28, 16, where he says, this is a promise of an unshakable kingdom. It can't be crooked. It can't be shaken when the plumb line has been dispersed, when it has been placed, when it has been used to ensure you stay aligned to that relationship with Christ. And Mark's 12 and 10, Mark 12 and 10, Acts 4 and 11, Romans 9 and 33, 1 Peter 2 and 6, where it talks about as the Lord builds his kingdom, he will ensure it is perfect in every way. I will make justice the measuring line and righteous the plumb line, he says in Isaiah 28 and 17. We need to deploy a plumb line to ensure that we are aligned to proper relationship with God. We have to understand there is to be no crookedness in the kingdom of God. We're not trying to get it on a wing and a prayer. We must make every attempt to align to his will and his purpose. Most are scared to employ the use of a plumb line because they want to be able to realign at their convenience and whims. But see, once the plumb line has been deployed, it you must follow through to the end. Or again, you risk realignment. You risk not being aligned. And that's where some of us are today. We are at risk for being crooked. We are at risk for not aligning and not aligning to the plan of God for our lives. We will not even, we, we, we will let it just happen and not even investigate or search out the scriptures to understand what we actually have in Christ. So we're proclaiming and walking in ignorance rather than deploying the plumb line that would align us to relationship with him. Rather than deploying the plumb line of study to show ourselves approved, rather than doing so, we'd rather just simply, as the scriptures just said, not know. If only you had known that your peace, if only you had known that your peace is here. This is a call to deploy the plumb line and follow through. That is all. Just Deploy the plumb line and follow through. When you are given specific instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, follow through. Don't take away from it. Don't add to it. Don't let anyone else make you take away from it. Don't let anyone else make you add to it. You know where the plumb line is. Follow it lest you risk being crooked, lest you risk not being properly aligned. And to not be properly aligned, now you can say, if you're not properly aligned, that you, you lost your peace. Where's your peace? You, you lost your relationship with Christ. You lost your relationship with Christ just because, just because so-and-so dipped in and took it, took the vision left. You're just going to let it go left. You're just going to let it go left. You're not going to say, no, 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 that's not my, that's not the vision. You're just going to let it go left. You're just going to let Jimmy drag the vision right. Ain't Jimmy a new member? What Jimmy doing? He dragged your vision right. 
No one should have the power to move your plumb line. Not even you. Not even you. Not even you. There's no more excuses. No more doing things to appease others for relevancy's sake. We're not trying to stay relevant. I'm not trying to stay on your platform. I'm not trying to be the biggest star. I'm trying I'm trying to walk according to the plumb line that has been laid out for me by Jesus Christ, that the builder himself has set up for me. Stick with what God tells you and you'll always have peace because you'll have Jesus Christ. You'll have Jesus Christ. Step Christ. Step to the left. Now you enter that place where you're not aligned. Now you enter that crooked place. The Bible tells him, make my crooked path straight. But I, to make my crooked path straight, then I must align to the plumb line, to what the builder prescribed. I must align to where the builder says is up and down, where the builder says is left and right. I must align because it's for my protection. It's for my protection. It protects my relationship with him. That's all I have for you tonight. I want you to be clear. That was the question that we were asking. What would bring you peace? The answer is aligning to the plumb line that the builder has already, the builder being Jesus Christ, has already laid. Real simple, real simple. I said all of that to say align to the plumb line that the builder has already laid and you will have your peace because your peace is him. You will have your relationship and your relationship will be intact and your relationship will be aligned. It will be aligned to the plumb line. Don't stop. Listen, stop going. Stop looking to the left and to the right. There is nothing for you to the left or the right. Fix your eyes like a flint on Jesus Christ and he will lead and guide you into all truth and righteousness, right standing with him. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. He teaches us all things. We have grace. Grace teaches us. So we can no longer act ignorant. We can no longer act like we don't know especially now, especially now. Come on, let me pray for you before you go. God, in the name of Jesus. First of all, God, we repent. We repent for going our own way. We repent for doing it our own way. We repent for not only doing it our way, but calling it you and trying to make, look, make it look like it's you. We repent, God, for every non-effective way that we've walked, that you've not been there. And then on top of that, we rejected the lesson. We repent for wasting your time. We repent for wasting your breath. We repent for wasting your efforts. And we reach out to you and we ask you to realign us with the plumb line you, the builder, have already set for us. And we willingly, we willingly allow you to move us 
and place us again and position us again. We willingly allow you. We ask you to because we know that you will not intrude. We know that you will not bogart. So we ask you to. Dear Heavenly Father, with a humble heart, we ask you to realign us to your will and to your purpose and to your plan. We ask you, we humbly reach for you. Do it in us, Jesus. Do it in all of us, God. Everyone under the sound of my voice. Speak to us as we sleep at night. Cause the Holy Spirit to teach us. Cause grace to instruct us and realign us according to what you've built already for our lives. The plans you have for our lives. Cause us to walk along as the plumb line dictates. We won't cross over. We won't look to the left or the right, but we're going to fix. We're going to fix our eyes on you, our peace, our director, the director of our hearts, the director of our mind. Here's this, the director of our feet. We walk worthy, God, of the vocation wherein we are called. Use us, God, for your glory. Use us, God, for your glory. And we'll be ever so grateful, God ever so grateful. We thank you, God, and we give you glory. Thank you so much for joining me on today. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, the information is at the bottom of the screen. Thank you so much to those of you who donate to this podcast that keep this podcast on the air. I so appreciate you. I pray for each and every one of you every time I pray. And that's several times because I got a lot to say. And I thank you for just being patient and, and, and listening to entire in entirety to everything that God is saying to you through me. And until next time, remember, don't let go. Hold on fast. Hold steadfast to your faith. Pursue. Pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. Draw near to him and he'll draw nigh to you. Thank you for joining me. No matter how rough it gets, 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 no matter how rough it gets,